so today, and in this season, our hearts go out to the victims of the storms, from Florence to Michael, our hearts go out to those victims who've been devastated and their lives have been ravished by these storms that seem to just keep hitting back to back. Our hearts go out and our prayers go out to the victims in Indonesia who uh, have suffered another tsunami. I, I guess if you had to choose, I guess you'd choose a hurricane over a tsunami. Because these tsunamis come from earthquakes. And so my hearts go out to the families who maybe even lost loved ones from the first one a few years ago and now this. So we want to continue to pray for them. Pause sometimes in your scrolling and in your clicking and pray for those who are going through, who are devastated by the things that are happening. So as a result of all of this stuff, I believe that our world and our country is in a state of recovery and cleanup. Not just from storms, but from social storms, from political storms. People are going through from economic devastation. Because just because we see subdivisions being built and business buildings being built and we say, oh, the, the economy has turned around because they're building again, there is somebody who is still going through the same economic devastation before the downturn and before the upturn, they're still going through it. And our country is in a place where we need to heal, to recover, and clean up. I honestly believe that what we see on the news with the storm devastations, I believe that our country looks like that in the area of racial storms and divide. I believe our country looks like that. I feel like that kind of devastation is what God sees when he looks at us politically when he looks at us racially, when he looks at us socially, that our, com our country is in a state of recovery and we have to clean up. I will say this to you, and for the areas of your personal lives that have to be recovered or cleaned up, I want you to know this. Recovery and cleanup only happens through focus. So today I want to start a series called Focus. Focus is important. Everybody say focus is important. So I want to start today by giving you a few definitions that you can refer to as we walk through this series. Number one, focus is a center of activity or the center of attraction or the center of attention. Here's another one that Webster, Webster's give is a point of concentration. Focus is a point of concentration. Lastly, 
focus is directed attention. I think it is crucial that we understand that if anything is going to happen in your life, if you're going to move from where you are to where you want to be, if you want to get unstuck, it's going to call or it calls for focus. Don't tell me that my life sucks, but you're not willing to focus on the area that's sucking the most. Y'all with me? Don't be offended. So focus is the key. So remember this. Focus is the key to getting stronger. It's the key to getting healed. Focus is the key to being whole. Focus is the key to moving forward, to being anchored, to getting better in any area. Focus is the key to healthy relationships. Focus. Focus is the key to stronger faith. Are you with me? So let's, uh, let me give you this. I'll give you these, uh, this simile. Focus is like a gun. Focus is like money. Okay? Both are neutral. Okay? The NRA reports that guns don't kill people. People kill people. I agree with that. I do. Because a gun is neutral. Because a gun can make a horrible situation better with the right person holding it. Y'all with me? However, a gun can make a horrible situation worse. To the same degree, money. Money can make a horrible situation better. Or with the wrong person, money can make a horrible situation worse. Focus is like that. Okay? If you focus on your bad stuff, you'll get, most, you'll get more of what you focus on. Y'all with me? I know this is basic. You're like, Pastor, this is basic. No. This is the simple stuff in life that evades us. Because what you focus on grows. So, you say to me, Pastor, I'm just in this season of my life, it's just horrible. I say, what you focusing on? It's just all I can focus on is stuff in my life. Well, no wonder it's horrible. Last week it was bad. This Sunday is horrible. Why? Because that's what you've been focusing on. What you focus on grows. So I want you to know this, that faith, I mean, not faith. Uh-oh, I might be talking about faith. Uh, focus is really an interesting thing because it has this potential to help you or it has this potential to hurt you. So then, if you're writing, I want you to write this down. Successes or failures, I should say success or failure, has to do with how the individual maximizes focus. Listen, focus has to be maximized. It cannot just be held. You got to maximize your focus. And if you're going to be successful, if you're going to if you're going to fail, it's going to be because of how you maximize your focus. So, Pastor, what are you saying? So here's what I'm saying. And, and maybe this will help you. We must focus on <laughs> what we focus on. So. When you're riding in your car and your mind wanders 
And if you're like me, this is what I do. I'm having arguments in my head because I'm thinking I'm going to be having a conversation soon. And so I'm arguing my point. And so then I'm all worked up. I'm frustrated. I'm aggravated because I've had this long conversation that hadn't even existed. Nobody, it's not even 100% solid that I'm going to even have it. Y'all with me? And so then you funky. And you can't even figure out why you funky. Because you have stepped over into a situation and you have focused your energies on that situation. So now you have to focus on what you focus on so you can pull yourself out of some stuff you're focusing on. Does that make sense? If I was at Wednesday night Bible study, I, was, I would say, y'all talk to me. Tell me, tell me what you're feeling in that. Because you got to think about what you think about. I know. It's like, man, that, you, what are you talking to the riddles? Who are you today? The riddle? No, no, no. No. We think about stuff that takes us downhill emotionally. And because, listen, and y'all know I've been on this thing lately, because we are controlled by our minds, instead of controlling our minds, we find ourselves in situations and in dispositions and in, in, in emotional spirals downward spirals because we don't think about what we think about and so these days I'm thinking about what I think about I'll tell myself don't think about that and you need to listen to you oh that's a whole nother sermon that I, I, was, I was talking to Kelly the other day and I got tickled I said I told myself not to say this to you but you fuss about me not listening to you I don't listen to me either so here we go <laughs> And it's like, you know you told yourself, don't say that. Don't, don't, don't think that. Don't go that way. Because here's the deal. Most of the frustration you have in your life is because you told yourself a story and you believe the story you told yourself. So you got to start asking yourself, what story are you telling you? What story are you telling you about a situation that, here's the deal, because we want to be so in control, we make up endings. Because you want to know how it comes out. And so because you want to know the outcome, I know they don't even like me, and because they don't like me, they're not going to give me this job. And so now here's what I'm, I'm going to have to now, I'm going to have to go and do this. And so now you don't found yourself in the unemployment office before you had an interview. Because you believe the story that you're telling yourself. That's why I say that you, you got to focus on what you focus on. Because if you are just letting your mind run, your blood pressure will be up. You know what I'm saying? So I got this thing here lately that like my arm is tingling. Yeah, yeah, right. And so I wish Keisha Mitchell was here because me and Keisha Mitchell, we, we self-diagnose all the time. We are the doctors in the group. We doctor. We uh, ask, ask Tim or Keisha what it is, and they'll tell you, oh, that's what you got? Oh, you got gout. I know that's what that is. And I mean, we diagnose. Most of the time, we're right, though. So I think, I think I may have a pinched nerve from all of this uh, driving back and forth to North Carolina. That's what, I, that's what I think because I'm noticing that when I sit down, I feel it. I don't necessarily feel it when I stand up. However, I have told myself, a lot of stories around this tingling. You see what I'm saying? And see, what you'll find is when you start listening to yourself and not controlling your focus, 
then you start uh, launching stress into your life. And then your blood pressure goes up because of the story you told yourself. But then you go tell yourself it's because of what you had diagnosed. Y'all with me? I know it sounds like a big riddle. That's how crazy we are. That's how crazy we are. And our life goes in these big circles that they do not have to go in if we would focus on what we focus on. So what has to happen is we have to set ourselves to focus. And one of the things we'll talk about in this um, in this series is the value of setting yourself. We're going to talk about that because many of us don't set ourselves. And you got to set yourself. I, I told the story, I think, uh, one Wednesday night that there's a guy in Florida who built a house. And when he built his house, he went down to the department of whatever they got, uh, the coding building department, and got the codes that he needed to build a house in Florida because Florida is prone to hurricanes and storms. And just as sure, he built the house, lived in the house, and then a storm came. And the reporter asked him, sir, do you realize your house is the only house on the whole block that's still standing? Why do you think that is? He said, well, when I built this house, I went down there and got the codes. And there are special codes that you should be using in building your house when you build a house that's going to withstand a storm. And he said, so why do you think the other people's house didn't stand? He said, I guess they didn't build it according to code. Because there is a map. There is a design. There is, there is, there is a, uh, a blueprint as to how we should operate. And so if we're going to focus, we got to operate a certain way. But in this season and for the sake of this first message in the series, I want it to be introductory and I want to be able to tell you that you're going to have to focus, and I want to give you uh, four mandates that will help you focus. Now, I know I'm not going to get through them today, so I'm going to take my time and ride one out. Can we ride one today? If you are going to walk through this season and you're going to focus, because listen, the next area of your life, if it's going to get better, if it's going to get stronger, if you're going to draw closer to God, and get stronger in any area of your life, it's going to take focus. Nobody breaks an arm and go to therapy for their ankle. It's focus. Why are you here? I'm going to physical therapy. You say physical therapy for what? Oh, I broke my arm. Because there has to be focus. Everybody say focus. Mandate number one, we'll write it out. If you're going to focus, you're going to have to declutter your mind. And I'm going to stay here for a minute because this is where the fight is. The fight in order for you to focus. Listen, for your phones, there are certain angles when you take a picture, depending on the light in the room, you will see your phone when you look at the subject. It is focusing and it's unfocusing. Okay? Focusing, unfocusing. Because it's trying to process everything it sees so it can resolve to focus on one thing. And if you got the newer iPhones and you're trying to go to portrait mode, it'll say, get closer. It'll say, move back. 
because it's trying to create a picture. And the way those new phones work in portrait mode, it puts everything else around you out of focus. And it just puts you in focus. But if you ever use it, the thing that you're trying to get in focus, it'll tell you, move up. It'll give you specific instructions. You need to be within eight feet. And what's amazing is you can't use that portrait mode thing in the dark. It is best used outside because there needs to be the appropriate amount of light in order for you to focus. And some of us, are, we got so much clutter in our minds. The light can't come into the mind in order to focus on the one thing. I don't even have time to deal with multitaskers. So you got to declutter your mind. How do you declutter your mind, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to that first scripture. Let's take a look at it. Philippians 3, 13, Paul writes, I do not count myself to have apprehended or be all of that. He says, but one thing I do, watch this, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul says, in order for him to press forward, to move better, closer, to get to this prize, there is an intentional action that he has to do, and that is he has to forget some stuff. Oh, what are you saying to me, Pastor? Listen, there's some stuff that's hanging out in your mind that you need to let go. There's just some things in your life that you got to let go. I know it happened to you, but you can't keep carrying it because in order for you to focus on forward, you got to release behind. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And you got to let some stuff go. Yeah, but they hurt me. I am not minimizing your hurt. But I will say to you that the hurt that you've experienced and the person that inflicted the hurt has moved on. They have gotten forgiveness. Then they got a new lease on life. They, they tidied up their point of view. They got a new attitude. And you stuck. Because here's the deal. We often get stuck and blame people for being stuck. But the real reason we're stuck is because we won't let go of some stuff. In order to declutter your mind, you're going to have to let go of some stuff. But that's what they said to me. I know. Listen. To let go of it is not to say it didn't happen. Okay? L listen, 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 listen. The real foundation in forgiveness is understanding that it did happen, but you choose not to dwell on it. That's why, that's why our friendships and relationships don't recover. Because people will say, well, I can't be nice to you because if I'm nice to you, you're going to think it was all right what you did. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It happened. We addressed the fact that it happened. They apologized or not, but it happened. And just because you choose to let it go does not make it like a myth. It happened. But the question becomes, do you choose to move forward? You got to ask yourself, what are you choosing? As a matter of fact, ask yourself right now, what am I choosing? Because to focus is indeed a choice. 
So Paul says, the one thing I do, he says, I don't count myself to be all of that. But the one thing I do, forgetting my past. Listen, listen. Here's what's cool about this now. Paul is saying, I'm forgetting my past and stuff that's behind me. Paul has done some really horrible stuff, but he also got like the bomb resume. So whether it's good stuff or bad stuff, so you can't let your past failures hold you back and you can't rest on your past successes. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And see, that's what some people want to do. But you know what I did, right? You know, you know, I mean, you know, I was this guy, right? That's who you were. Who are you now? Because you can't rest on, as they would say, rest on your laurels. You got to keep moving. So the successes you had were great. But Paul says, there's a prize in front of me that really has nothing to do with my successes or failures, but it has to do with my ability to press forward. So here's what has to happen. You got to let some stuff go. So this is what we do. Life, I believe, life is a bag. Life is a bag. And life is the thing that sometimes, based on where you are, what season you're in, you got to carry the season you're in. It's life. This is just where we are. I am where I am right now. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and listen, the question becomes, based on where you are right now, you can either live through this and see success down the line, or you can die in this and never know that success was an option. Y'all hear me? I mean, I use this analogy all the time with, with uh, Peter and Judas. Peter, we know Judas betrayed Jesus, but so did Peter. He betrayed Jesus. You know Jesus? No, I think I told you we went through this not too long ago. And both of them did the same thing, but one of them stayed alive to get and receive forgiveness and get a new assignment. Judas had so much guilt he committed suicide. Peter was carrying around whatever he was carrying around, but he was still hanging with the same guys. And when Jesus was about to leave, he said, Peter, let me talk to you. You love me, man? I love you, Jesus. I know I, know I messed up. I love you. He said, I, no, no sweat. You're still here. Let me give you a new assignment. Feed my sheep. Love my people. I got you. We're done with that. It's over. You see what I'm saying? And see, there has to be a focus. Sometimes your focus is just survive. You know what I'm saying? I told him on Wednesday night that I talked to my pastor the other day, and I was just telling him everything that I had going on. He just, I just told him about my dad, and he was like, whoa, Tim, that's a lot going on. I said, yeah, pastor, it's, it's, it's heavy. And, 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 you know, the life that I live, everything I do in my life right now, I lead in every area of my life. In my business, I lead. I don't have a team with my business. I'm that guy. You know what I'm saying? So if, if customer service calls you back, if you're one of my clients, I'm customer service. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm that guy. And so I was telling him, he said, son, there is, uh, he said, 2 Corinthians tells us that there is a season to endure. And you know, I was like, I'm done. You ain't got to talk to me no more. That's what I needed. Because I'm trying to figure out how do I thrive and move forward in a season that I'm in. And he's like, sometimes the season is just survive. I was like, that's all I got to do? I just got to stay alive. And so life, you got to carry this stuff. But here's our challenge. Our challenge with being able to focus is that 
things happen in life. Things happen in life that get heavy but manageable. I can manage this. Look at this. I mean, worse things have happened. You know, I've carried, I've carried heavier loads. You know what I'm saying? And so, so this stuff has happened, so you lose a job years ago. You know, and so that thing still haunts you because every time you get in a new position, you feel like, well, here we go again. And, and it's still manageable, though. We still can go. And so then something else happens that looks much like the last thing, but it's heavier. The problem is, opposed to, let me let this go, we add on to it, but still manageable. I'm not moving as fast, but I'm moving. You hear what I'm saying? I got this. I'm just talking about decluttering your mind. That's why I, could, I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go any further, any further. Many of the things that we deal with in life are shaped the same way. But what I'm realizing is, this is what I'm realizing like day before yesterday realizing, that every life situation carries its own weight and texture. Because let me tell you, here was my motto for many years. My motto was, if I can bury my son, I can live through everything. Yeah, but there are other situations that come and then pile on more weight. And see, listen, listen. If you ain't mature enough to get you a therapist or a counselor or, or to come to church regularly and get some pastoral care, some stuff that you could have taken out of your bag through pastoral care, you don't. Watch. And then what used to be manageable, I still can carry, but it's out of balance because I got to get a better grip on it. So there's no balance here. Let me tell y'all something. Life does not stop adding weight. Y'all see this table? David told me, he said, Pastor, when we put this weight on this table, it went down. So be careful when you pick the stuff up off of it because it went down. Because life keeps adding. You got to be wise enough to declutter. See, many of us are emotional hoarders. I may need that one day. So I ain't going to let that go because I'm going to need that one day. Why are you going to need that one day? Because I may see them again in the street and there's some stuff I need to tell them. So while you're holding on to the possibility of seeing them one day and giving them a good cussing, although you live on the East Coast and they live on the West Coast, you're not just going to bump into them in underground Atlanta. Why? Because underground Atlanta don't even exist anymore. 
and you're holding on to something to use in a space that doesn't even exist, you might run into them and they'll be like, what are you talking about? But we are emotional hoarders, and so now, instead of living in an open space, we are stepping over stuff in our own minds just so we could get to the bathroom and then get to the bathroom and can't even close the door because we got stuff stacked up in here. And next thing you know, our minds are nasty. Because we have not actively decluttered our brains. Right, Y'all with me? Because the same life that carried the stuff that happened when you were 15, the same stuff that got to carry you now you 50. You got to be wise enough. Listen, listen. When 9-11 happened, TSA says we got to be smart because people were using shoes and belts and lotions and liquids to set off bombs on these planes. So now TSA says, we're gonna put some restrictions on what you can carry. Because we're finding out that even the smallest thing can be used to kill you. Let that, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So then, so then TSA says, no, 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 we gotta check you and tell you, you can't carry, listen, you can still carry your lotion, but you can't carry but five ounces of it. <laughs> and see, there's some stuff in your life that you feel like, I got to have this. Because you know when you travel, listen, particularly like, like uh, uh, <laughs> uh, gadget people like me, I got to have everything. You know what I'm saying, Ed? You know what I'm talking about. We got to have everything with us because we just never know. I got to have this right here. This that little microphone. I need to have this because I never know when I need to write a song. And I never know when, when somebody, and I got to do a recording session, Edge may hit me and be like, I need you to record this while you're on the road. So I'm traveling with all this what if stuff. And then they talk, tell you stuff like, no, 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 no. You can't carry that on. You got to check it. Yeah, but I'm trying to carry this on so I can move faster and I don't have to stop at the, at, the, at the luggage thing. And they said, no, 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 you can't carry that on because you got some things that you shouldn't be carrying on here and we need to scan it. Because we put a list of stuff that you can carry. Listen, the last time I traveled to New Jersey, our flight was delayed like five or six hours. We were supposed to leave at nine or 10. Uh, we left at like one, one or two in the morning. Had never been in the airport at that time. All the trains shut down. So we had to walk from where you, you know, you get your ticket all the way to Concourse D. No, nobody told us. I said, babe, we might as well walk to New Jersey. We halfway there. So watch, when we go through uh, security, this is just favor. Because nobody, you would think the airlines would tell you, hey, because of your delay, you need to look at this list and see what you can carry because basically the stuff that they allow you, oh, what happened was 
they were no longer checking bags because everything was shut down. So the, the lotions and the colognes and all of the bath gels, they were making people throw it away at security, at no fault of their own. See what I'm saying? And listen, security was like, listen, we understand this is an inconvenience, but just because the trains ain't running and because they can't check your bag in, that does not mean we need to be less safe. And so these people almost, they was like, almost throwing my good, like, good cologne. We, we, that wasn't going to work. So you know I had to put on the Tim Fryer North Carolina charm, bruh. Hey, man, we didn't know. It wasn't our fault, man. So we had favor. We had favor. The guy let us through. But as we were turning around, getting our stuff off the bag, we were watching them throw people's stuff in the trash can. No fault of their own. Because situations happen that catch you with baggage that you didn't know was going to be a problem at the time you picked it up. You didn't know. You didn't know when that happened to you that that was going to be a problem for you later on down the line. Oh, come on. You didn't know. Listen, there's a story about this kid, this man named Mephibosheth, who the Bible says he was lame in both feet. Ended up sitting at David's table because David and Mephibosheth's daddy, Jonathan, were good people. And because they were tight and because uh, David said that I got to be good to Mephibosheth's granddaddy, to the house of Saul, I need somebody in his house who I can still be good to. Well, he's lame in both feet, the Bible says. It, listen, like they would call me Tim Fryer, they called him Mephibosheth, who was lame in both feet. That was his whole name. <laughs> but here is the story. The story was that he had a midwife who was taking care of him. And war broke out. And the Bible says that when war broke out, she was scooping him up to save his life. And in the process of scooping him up, she dropped him. And he became lame in both feet. Sometimes things happen in life that in the process of salvation, you get hurt. And the problem with that is, much like Mephibosheth, he was living in a place, he was living with somebody else in Lodabar, probably down on his luck, feeling bad and depressed because there are some things in life that happen to you like Mephibosheth, you can't get rid of the fact that you're crippled. Oh, y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's, it's, like, it's like the weight of your car when you carry a spare tire. You got to have the spare tire because you never know when you're going to go flat. So there's some weight we carry in life that just seems to stick. That's why you got to declutter other areas of your mind. Because although Mephibosheth was crippled, he couldn't get rid of that. And he couldn't help how it happened. And there's some stuff that we carry in life. You can't help that that happened. But that cannot be front and center of your life. Y'all with me? So Paul says, what I do is I forget those things behind me. What I'm saying to you is decluttering your mind has to be intentional. Stuff just don't fall out of your mind. Not the stuff that carries weight. You get what I'm saying? You might forget to buy grapes. 
That ain't life changing. But life changing stuff, you got to say, you know what? I'm not going to carry this around anymore. I'm done with this. Listen, and you got to put it in a place that you don't come back to it. Ooh, well, where is that? <laughs> on the altar. Because you can leave stuff on the altar and the maintenance man will come through. His name is Jesus. And he'll sweep it up. And I love when Jesus sweeps up stuff because he sweeps up stuff that he will incinerate and it can't come back anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I love it. I love, I used to love going to the incinerator with my daddy. We would put stuff in the back of the truck and we had to go out to the incinerator and I would tell my cousin, hey man, we about to go to the incinerator. Because the incinerator was really a place that's like a big old treasure chest. Because people would throw away good stuff. But then there's some stuff that they would have to burn because it didn't need to just lay out there. Some stuff they would have to, they uh, put, brought dirt in on it and the big tractor, every time we went back to the incinerator, the landscape had changed because a lot of the stuff had to be buried because it was non-recyclable back then. So it did not deteriorate. So they would bury it and it became a part of the foundation. Y'all are hearing what I'm saying? See, there's some stuff that you got to let go because God said, I'll take that and make your foundation stronger. Don't think about it and worry about it. Stand on it and live above it. Man, I'm preaching. So you got to declutter your mind. You have to do that. I can't pray that off of you. You got to tell yourself, you know what? As this stuff comes up, you got to say, mm-mm. And see, this, this is what I love about the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will send you to church, and you hadn't even planned to go. Or you said to yourself, I ain't going today. And then finally you come. And then something happens. And because of something that was said, a song that was sung, or just something that happened in the service, some stuff comes up to the surface. And I love it because whenever that happens, that's the stuff that the Holy Ghost wants to deal with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch, 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 watch. I got to go. Here, look at this. Look at Hebrews. Look at Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, we also... Hey, let me just look at my clock. Because y'all ain't putting no time on. Uh-huh, you forgot. Mm-hmm, good. Um, it's time to go. Here it is. Uh, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded... By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin. I, I love this. I love this, which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. The reason I love this text so much is because, you know, we always want to say sin weighs us down. But the writer of Hebrews says it ain't just sin because there's some stuff in your life weighing you down that ain't sinful. But you don't need to have it because it's slowing you down. Come on. You got some friends and some people you run with. It ain't sin, but they're slowing you down. You got some people in your life who come through some stuff with you, and every time y'all get together, that's all y'all talk about? Can you believe that? Even how many years has it been? Oh, it's been about seven years. Really that long? And y'all, Because you think it's every day because you just talked about it. And you keep talking about it. 
There's some stuff that you got to cut out. Listen, there's some conversations that are not sin that still slow you down. It ain't sin to be on social media. It still slows you down. Talked to my brother the other day. My brother's about to be 65. And I guess my niece set him up uh, a thing. He's like, hey, man, I was out there, and I saw a picture of Mama and you and Gina, and I was just, I just took me back, man. But next thing you know, I've been out there for an hour. <laughs> and it was funny to me because I was thinking, you just got on here. You 65, you just got on here, so it gets you too, huh? I just figured it's just people who are more, uh, uh, what do they call us, natives. The natives with technology, we are natives, so we just, you know, we're used to it. But it got him too, because there's some things in your life that ensnares you, even though it's not sin. Can I let that breathe right there for a minute? Because we, I'm sorry. Sometimes we over-spiritualize stuff. Everything in your life ain't sin. Everything in your life ain't going to send you to hell. But it still will slow you down. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It might not send you to hell, but it'll make you slow as hell. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I use that in the right context now. I use it in the right, slow as hell. Hell slow, it burns slow. In hell, I've used that right context. <laughs> okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Um, here's the last one I want you to see. Second Corinthians 10:3. He says, uh, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Listen to this: for pulling down strongholds." Okay. Casting down arguments and every high thing that acknowledges itself against or that uh, exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, look at what it's saying. Pulling down arguments. Where do you build arguments? In your mind. Okay, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where do you keep knowledge? In your mind and bringing into captivity every thought, see what I'm saying? Into the obedience of Christ. So listen, pastor, how do I declutter my mind? Here is how you do it. When things arise, acknowledge that thing, okay? Acknowledge that thing. So let's, let's, talk, about, uh, let's talk about self-esteem. When self-esteem issues arise, what you cannot do is say, I bind that in Jesus' name. Because watch, I bind that in Jesus' name, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That does not exist in me. That's a lie. Thus making the word of God inoperable because you are trying to use it on a lie. Y'all with me? So in order for you to pull down imaginations, that means you got to touch it. I know, I know, I know. We as pastors have told y'all that when you have a headache, don't receive it. I know. And let me apologize for that. Because what happens is, the very real encounter that Christ wants to have 
with the hurt and pain that's in our lives, we throw a cover over it and act like it's not there and then lay the word on top of it. The problem with that is the word needs to be, have a direct connection. So you can't put a towel over it and then lay the word on it and think it's going to work. Because the word wants a direct connection. Y'all with me? Come on, stay with me here. So you got to say, Father, I have some esteem issues. I don't always feel good about myself. I'm sorry. I don't always feel good about myself. Somebody said so-and-so about me, and it hurt me, partially because I believe it too. You understand what I'm saying? Now what is happening is this problem is in the direct light and can be properly exposed to the word. So when it says that you have to pull down imaginations, when you grab it and pull it down, you replace it with what the word says about you. And so now I have pulled down an imagination, a thought, an argument. I have pulled it down and I have replaced it with the truth. But many of us don't want to touch it. And then we don't replace it. So we leave it there, stack truth on it, and somehow or another, this thing gets back to the top again. And so in order to declutter your mind, you got to say, hey, today, I'm going to focus on this. Listen, y'all going to have to be all right because I'm going to keep dropping them. It's going to be all right. I'm going to live and not die. Here it is. I realize that there's dirt on it. But I declare that according to the word, I can drink poison unaware and not be harmed. See how I just did that? I realized that that's going to happen. Gonna be, I rebuke that dirt down there in Jesus' name. There's on, only one other thing that works for that. God made dirt and dirt won't hurt. It works. <laughs> so look, I got to get out of here. But what I'm saying to you is this. In order to declutter your mind, you have to be present with the thing that needs to come out. You hear me? When I look at, and very rarely, but when I do look at hoarders, the bottom line is this, it always amazes me that once the dirty work is done, the nice house still exists. Once they get in there and get all that stuff out, and then while they're pulling all that stuff out the house physically, the owners are dealing with getting all that stuff out of them emotionally, and they're screaming and crying and cursing, because and, this is a ripping out naturally and emotionally. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And here's the deal. Just because you clean the house out, if you don't clean that out, you still, 15 years later, we'll be doing the same thing all over again. You see? So that's why we got to declutter our brains so we can start focusing on what God wants to focus on. That's just mandate number one. Declutter your mind. And the Lord's going to help you declutter your mind. I don't know, Pastor, that might be hard. True that. But he's going to help you declutter your mind. That's going to make me cry. It's okay. Tears purge. 
Listen to this. Listen to this. David writes this, that for every seed or every tear you have sown, he's gonna, you're going to reap in joy. So remember this, that as you declutter your mind and deal with some real issues that you got going on so you can focus on some other stuff, every time you cry, that's seed in the ground. That's seed in the ground. And what's amazing to me is there's some seasons in your life where you feel like, I don't have any money, I can't give. Sometimes those tears become the harvest that you get down the road because you had to sow in tears and reap in joy. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm, what I'm saying to you is that God wants to help you clean this shelf off. He wants to help you dust it off, get some junk out that you don't have to have. You're carrying stuff that you don't have to have. And God says, I want you to focus on this. And you can't because there's all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes those of us that work from home, the hardest place to work is at home. What are you saying, Pastor? My house nest? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. It's you sitting in your house and you feel like, because I'm sitting here, I need to be washing clothes. Okay, I'm just going to go put these clothes on right quick. And while I'm supposed to be working, I'm going to put these on because they can wash themselves while I'm working. So then you say, okay, cool, I got this. I'm going to go and put these on. But then when you take, open up the thing, you realize, oh, I didn't put these in the dryer. So then let me put these in the dryer. I'm going to put these in the washing machine, and then I'm going to go back to work. But on your way back to work, something in the sink says, psst. You see? And it happens, and the next thing you know, you've been rolling, doing housework for three hours. And you're supposed to be doing work, which means you have not prioritized your space. Number two, we'll deal with that next week. <laughs>